0: You see, knowing this information is important because our values determine our direction. And whether you think you have values or not, at the end of the day, you do. You might just not know your values, but they do determine your direction because they will always go to where you want to be, what you value most. And so this series over the next five weeks. is about highlighting our strengths here at 316, but it's also about helping us to move forwards as a church. Now, as you came in, you've seen there's different banners around the, the building, and on the front of your, uh, your bulletins, you see these, there's these five values that we have on there, and you might think, hey, Brett, you know, you've missed out some. You know, so there are some values that, that you've missed out on and should be in there, but I want you to put your minds at rest. Um, underneath these five values are many other values that, that get incorporated in them. And we'll be talking about those as well as we go along. See, I just don't want us to, to look and say, this is who we are and this is what you know, we're about. But our, 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 the purpose is to, to end up speaking and breathing this within our church. It helps bind us together. It will help us to, to follow the direction that God has for us. And so when we speak about a commitment to Scripture or a, a culture of discipleship, you know, these are things that we'll talk about more than just these five weeks. It'll be brought up time and again throughout the life of the church, not only here from the pulpit, but also through all aspects within our church. And so we're going to explore each of these values at a more deeper level over the next five weeks. And we're not just going to look at the word of Scripture or discipleship. We've actually framed it in a phrase to help guide us in understanding what we mean when we say discipleship or Scripture. Help understand the value. See, this is about knowing who we are what we're about, it's about when people join us, they, they see what we're about. They see the DNA of the church. They see it being lived out in the lives of the people here. And so as you can see, we've got our five values, and they are a commitment to Scripture. It's about creating community, a heart of servanthood, a lifestyle of prayer and worship, and a culture discipleship. Now, I'm going to be speaking on three of these, and then I'm away for two of the weeks on holidays, and Kim and Adam are going to be sharing on two of them. And so, um, Kim's going to be sharing on a heart of servanthood, and Adam will be sharing on a lifestyle of prayer and worship uh, in a few weeks. (coughs) Now, even though there's these five values, they will always fall beneath like our mission statement, about loving God and loving people. It's all about love. And you might think, well, Brett, you've been harping on about love, you know, all year, and when are you going to move on from love? Well, I'm sorry to say, we never will. Because love, you know, love is about our lives. This is how we should live our lives. You know, this is the most important. Jesus himself summed up everything within Scripture, and he said, I can sum it up with one word, and that's love. Love. And so if you get love right, everything else flows out of there. And so these core values flow out of an attitude of love. Love for God in our vertical relationship and love with each other, a horizontal relationship. And so as we explore these different values, we will see that they flow out of an attitude of love. And so today we're going to start with our first one, which is a commitment to Scripture, a commitment to... Description I have decided to start here on purpose. Now the rest of the values they're all important, but they're all on the same level. But this one must be the first one. This one must be above the others. Because if we don't have a commitment to scripture, then the rest of the values are meaningless. They have no meaning whatsoever. See, this is about our foundation. It's about what we plant our lives. It's about what we build our lives upon. And if we're not committed to Scripture, then none of the values won't matter at all. We won't be a church. We'll just be a social club. And, and I'm sure you've all been to those social clubs. They sing songs, and uh, you know somebody you know shares a good story or two, and they have morning tea afterwards. And you know, realistically, you give your money to them as well. Like without Scripture. Nothing else means anything. What is the thing that makes us different from the rest of the world? It is God's Word. See, God's Word is foundational for us. It is through His Word that our faith stands. Think about all those statements of faith that you believe in. Where do you find those statements of faith? Right here. In God's Word. In the Apostles' Creed, where it says, I believe in God the Father Almighty, Maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, His only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Ghost, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. He descended into hell, and on the third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven, and sits on the right hand of God the Father Almighty. And from there he shall come to judge the quick, And the dead. I believe in the Holy Ghost, the Church Universal, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. These are statements of our faith, of what we believe in, and they just don't come out of thin air. They're based on what the Word of God tells us. And this is a statement of what we believe that comes from God's Word. See, God's word has power to change our lives, to transform us. And I know I've used, I've been speaking Romans 12 many weeks now. Verse 1 speaks about living sacrifices. Verse 2 speaks about not being conformed to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the what? Renewing of your mind. And how do you renew your mind? By being in God's word allowing God's Word to transform and change us. And so it's about not only reading God's Word and placing it in there, but it's allowing it to change you. It's applying it to your life. It's about living it. God's Word has power. And we're going to be looking at, this morning, three different passages from Scripture that demonstrate this power to change our lives and how the reasons why we should be having a commitment to Scripture. And the first one is found in Hebrews. The book of Hebrews, chapter 4, verse 12, where it says, For the Word of God is living and active, sharper than any double-edged sword. It penetrates even to the dividing of the soul and the spirit, joints and marrow. It judges the thoughts and the attitudes of the heart. In America, they've got uh, a library called the Library of Congress, and if I ever get a chance to go to America, I'd love to go to this library. It has 883 miles of shelving that fill 155 million items that sit on those shelves, and of those 155 million, 33 million of those are books written in over 460 languages, how awesome would that be? Just, you know, just got to think. All those books. You know. Some people are like, oh, can, can I see it in the movie form? You know? But just to see all those books and see all that history and all that you know, uh, thoughts and, 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 and wisdom that has been placed there in those books. But amazing as that is, not any of those books other than the Bible can lay claim to being living and active. Only the Bible is alive, it's powerful, it's active in our lives. The Bible is alive and it is still as relevant for us today as it was for that very first audience for which it was written. You see, this is not a dead book, this is living and active. Chuck Swindle said that news articles, they may inform us. Novels, they may inspire us. Poetry may enrapture us, but only the living, active Word of God can transform us. You know, no matter what book that you're reading out there, if it isn't the Bible, it's not going to transform you, it's not going to change you permanently. It's not gonna, you know, it may inspire you. You may go, hey, that was a great book. But it's not going to change you. Only the Word of God has the power to change. This Word penetrates our souls and it discerns our motives. It reveals to us, as we read God's Word, as we apply it to our lives, it reveals to us the motives of our hearts. You know, that's how powerful it is. It is power. It's full of promises that we can hang on to. It's full of truths that we can believe in. It is God's message of love for us today. Our name 316 comes from John 316. But there's another passage that's under 316 as well that, that I, would, you know, I recommend people, you know, you memorize different scriptures um, and two Timothy three sixteen and seventeen uh, are great verses for you to remember. It's a great encouragement as you look at God's word. It says, "All Scripture is God breathed, and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness, so that the servant of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work." Now Paul wrote these words to Timothy. And we might look at these words and go, this is great. But a lot of times we end up focusing on this and we go, yeah, that's the key part of it. And then we, that's all we see. But the two verses before it are truly amazing. Verses 14 and 15 says, But as for you, this is Timothy, continue in what you have learned and have become convinced of because you have known those from whom you've learned it. And how from infancy you have known the Holy Scriptures, which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith in Christ Jesus. So Paul writes this letter to Timothy. Timothy's a young man. He's a a young pastor in a local church. And Paul is his mentor. And so Paul writes this letter and the one before it, 1 Timothy, to give him encouragement to stay in the faith. Because he knows, he says, Timothy, you know where that faith came from. You know where you learnt it from. You know, you spent time with me. You know me. And if you go further back in, you know, earlier in the letter, you see how he speaks about Timothy's mother and how she was a great woman of faith and how she taught her son. And then how he said from infancy, from when you were a child, you have known the Holy Scriptures. This has been part of your life from the very birth. And you know that Scripture is able to make you wise for salvation through faith in Christ Jesus. (laughs) See, it is only through the Scriptures that we can discover God's plan of salvation for us. It is only through the Scriptures that we find it. And that is, as we read it, as we dwell upon it, as we meditate on God's Word, we understand more fully the fall of humanity. And then we come to grasp how awesome is the grace of God that he gives to us through Jesus Christ. It is through God's word. And that's why we have a a commitment to the scripture. It is only through the scripture that we discover God's plan of salvation for us. And then in verse 16 and 17, you know, Paul tells us some great truths about how Scripture, all Scripture is God-breathed. See, our commitment to Scripture is because it is the Word of God for us. It is the Word of God for us. It is God-breathed, God-inspired. The entire Scripture, all of it. And so we are safe and secure in placing our faith, our trust in God's Word. But then Paul doesn't leave Timothy there. He goes on and says, you know what? It's God inspired and it's useful for you. It's useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness. <clears throat> so, what do they all mean? I remember hearing uh, Lex Akers speak on, on this little passage of Scripture, and he related the, uh, the teaching, the rebuking, the correcting, and the training to like a game of soccer. And, and I'm going to put in my own words. And so I, I remember as a kid, myself personally, I played soccer for part of a season. I didn't see it, I was young. I was a small child. I didn't see the point of running around and never getting the ball. And uh, so maybe that was saying my skill level. You know, I don't know. But anyway, I didn't see a point, but I remember as a kid how the, the coach got us together on that first day and he taught us the basics of the game. He taught you the rules of the game. You know, he showed you, okay, there's the goal, that's what you're going for, here's the lines, can't play outside of them. He tells you all the basics of the game and how to play it. So he teaches you how to pass the ball and how to you know, kick the ball and how to run with it and do all the things that soccer players do. And so this is what the Bible does for us. As we read God's Word, as we apply it to our lives, it teaches us the basics of the faith. It shows us how we are to live our lives. You know, It speaks about the fundamentals of the faith. And so that's the aspect of teaching. And then the second one is that there's rebuking there. And I have never seen a coach to sit on the sidelines... And just let the players do what they like. No, he stands on the sidelines and runs down and and yells at his players. And so these little kids are running around and they'll see the coach yelling at Johnny, don't do that, pass the ball. It's a rebuke. Stop doing this and do this. It's saying, Don't do that. Run that way. And so there are some rebukes that happen in the game of soccer. And so when we read the Word of God, as we open it, as we apply it to our lives, there will be some rebukes in there for you, saying, you know what? Don't do that. You know that thing you do, gossip? Stop it. You know that thing you do, lying? Stop it. You know that thing about stealing cars? Stop it. You know, there are rebukes in there of saying, you're doing your life wrong and you need to stop it. But then there's correcting. This doesn't happen while the kids are on the field. The correction happens at halftime. So the kids come off and, and the coach is there and the coach is saying, hey, you know, if you do this, if you do that, and giving them instructions. And then there's times where he'll say, hey, Johnny, you know when you were, you were set up for the goal and if you just held off a second longer, you would have scored. It's not saying you're doing anything wrong. He's saying if you just did this, it'd be better. And so when we read Scripture, as we apply it to our lives, as we live it, it helps us to make our lives better. Yeah, yes, you're having a devotional time, and that's great, but... If you just did this here with it, it would make it awesome, your experience. You know how you, you're, you're doing this, but if you just did it this way, you'd take it to the next level. And so there are some corrections within the Scripture as well. And then lastly, there's training. This doesn't happen on game day at soccer. We hope not, anyway. It happens during the week. And it's not where you are learning the basics any longer. You you know the rules of the game. You know how to play. You know how to kick the ball. You know how to run with it. You know all the things that you need to know, but it's about fine-tuning. It's about getting taking that to a whole completely different letter. It's, it's, It's about perfecting what you're doing so it's the best that it possibly can be. And so as we read Scripture, as we apply it to our lives, this training in righteousness, about living for Jesus. It's about Christ-like, sanctification, holiness, whatever you want to label it as. This is what training in righteousness is about. It's about chipping away all those things and shaping you into becoming Christ in your life. And so we have teaching and rebuking and correcting and training. But why are these things useful for us? Because God desires that we would be thoroughly equipped for every good work. And I love that. God just doesn't want to equip you. He wants to thoroughly equip you. It's just fantastic. It's not like he's going to say, okay, you're going on a marathon and I'm going to give you one water bottle. No, he's like, yeah, you're going on a marathon and I'm going to give you everything you possibly need. And I'm going to resupply you. I'm going to thoroughly equip you for the journey that you're about to take. When we, um, in a couple of, couple of weeks, I'm going camping with the kids up at Canyon Gorge. And, uh, and so we're going to be doing bushwalking each morning. And it means I'm going to have to be thoroughly equipped. So there's water bottles for everybody. There's, there's food in the backpack. You know, there's, there's, you, know you, you equip yourself ready for the journey you're about to take. And that's what God does. He thoroughly equips you. Why? Because he wants to thoroughly equip you for every good work. Not just good works, but every good works. And the great thing is, if you look at Ephesians, it says that these good works, God planned for you in advance so he thoroughly equips you to do every good work that he has planned in advance for you to do. That's exciting. And so that's why we have a commitment to Scripture. That's why it's important to be in God's Word. Because God's Word teaches, rebukes, corrects, and trains us. (coughs) God's word is foundational for us. In the Sermon on the Mount, um, Jesus ends this whole teaching session with a parable. It's a parable about foundations. It's about builders. And um, it's found in Matthew 6, verses 24 to 27, where it says, Therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man who built his house upon the rock. The rain came down, the streams rose, the winds blew and beat against the house, yet it did not fall because it had its foundation upon the rock. But everyone who hears these words of mine and does not put them into practice is like a foolish man who built his house upon the sand. The rain came down, the streams rose, and the wind beat and blew against that house, and it fell with a great crash. See, Jesus tells us what we build our lives upon does matter. You know, it does matter. And, um, and so as we read God's Word, as we apply it to our lives, it builds our life upon the right foundation. It's the rock. God's Word is your rock in your life. And that's what we need to be building our lives upon. One thing I noticed in the parable is that both houses experience the storms of life. And if if you've got this idea in your head that, hey, I give my life to Jesus and everything is going to be fine and dandy, it's all going to be hunky and dory, there's going to be no problems in my life whatsoever, then I want to say you're believing a lie. God's word clearly states that, you know what, you're going to have difficult times. It's going to be hard. Just as it was for Jesus, it will be for us. But the great thing is, Jesus said, you're not alone. I am with you always, even to the very end of the age. I will be there with you in the difficult times. And so both of these houses experience storms. And what made the difference was the foundations. When I uh, started pastoral ministry and I, I went up to Childers and Bundaberg, and in the very first year, um, Bundaberg Church was a, a small, rickety building that had a lot of white ant damage and uh, needed to be restumped, and uh, it was in really bad shape. I remember sitting down at my very first board meeting. A board meeting you know, this is my very first board meeting in a brand new church, and I was a brand new pastor. I'd never done a board meeting before, and I said to them, hey, what's God laying upon your heart for the church? And one by one, each person said, you know what? God's been laying upon my heart that we sell the buildings and we move somewhere else. And I'm like, okay, that's great. So anybody else? (laughs) This is not what I really wanted in my first year as being a pastor, in my first year as the pastor at Bundaberg. We thought, and we prayed, and we talked, and we investigated, and eventually we we did. We took it to the congregation. Um, Over 90% of people voted for this to happen. Now, I'm not going to say floods happen, just to give confirmation, but within a year of us actually moving, in 2011, Bundaberg had a flood, and it flooded the building. And we're like, oh, thank the Lord we weren't there any longer you know we got out just before the, the house prices plummeted in that you know in that in Bundaberg North within 2 years of that there we had the big 2013 flood and because it needed to be restumped and it had a lot of white ant damage that church went bye bye down the river its foundations were no longer any good as a building it wasn't safe and secure the house that had been restumped that has was safe and secure it's still standing there today But the church that had a bad foundation that needed for it to be redone, of course it went down the river. The storms happen in our lives, and what we base our life upon is important. And so when we apply, when we read the Scriptures, as we put this into practice in our lives it builds our life upon the rock. And so when those storms come, when those hardships come, you know what? It doesn't make any difference because you are firmly placed upon the rock. Now, it may seem at the time in the middle of the storm, it's a scary place. And we've all been there. But you can be safe and secure knowing that when that storm is over, you're still standing where others will have been washed away. Jesus says, not only that you hear my words, he says, but you put them into practice. Reading the word of God without application is useless. It is useless. You might as well just be part of a book club. Just reading a book and going, that was great. You have to put those words into practice. That's why Jesus said, this is how you build your life upon the rock. You hear these words, you read these words of mine, and you put them into practice. It is only through application that transformation can happen. And so how does this commitment to Scripture show itself here at 316? Well, every week we will be challenged and encouraged by God's Word throughout the service. Every message will be biblically based. It will be grounded in Scripture. We'll actively encourage you to have daily devotional time. Spend time in God's Word. You know, we'll provide you resources. If you, if you don't know where to start reading and you say, hey, I just need some guidance, we'll give you reading plans. If you want to know how I should be applying this, we'll give you tools to help you. I don't know about you, but I'm deeply encouraged when I hear people's testimonies about what God is speaking to them in their lives. When people share what they've been reading in God's word, how it changed them. And so we will offer times in our services to hear testimonies of what God has been revealing to you in those daily devotional times. We've done it in the past. We'll continue to do it in the future. Lastly, in everything that we do, we will always honour and uphold Scripture. God's Word is powerful. And we, as His church, will treat it with respect and follow its teachings. We'll not only read the Scriptures, but we will apply them to our lives. We'll put them into practice. So let me encourage you this morning that our very first core value is the value of our commitment to Scripture. It is God's word for us. We can trust it. It is powerful and it can change your life if you let it. So this week, don't go home, put your Bible on the shelf and forget it until next Sunday and pick it up again before you go to church. Take it off the shelf each day. Open it up. Read it. Apply it to your life. If you don't know where to start, start with the gospel. Start with one of Paul's letters. Don't be discouraged. Some people will devour a book in one day and some people will slowly nibble away at the book for a year. This is not a race. It's not meant to say, I read 20 chapters this week. That's nothing. I want to hear what God is speaking to you in your life as you're reading God's Word. So read it, ask God how you are to apply it to your life. Allow the Holy Spirit to convict you of those areas in your life that need to be changed. Don't rush. Enjoy your time. This is God's plan, God's love story for you. And so next week as part of the service, I will ask you guys, what have you been reading in God's Word? I'm putting you all on notice. And we want to hear some stories of people saying, hey, I read this here and that was really powerful to me. You know what? We're a family. If we can't share within the family, then there's a problem. And so our very first commitment is to Scripture. Let's get into His Word. Let's let it change us and renew us. Let's just pray. Gracious Heavenly Father, we thank you and praise you this day that you have given us your word. And how awesome it is that it is in our language for us to understand it. And Lord God, it is our prayer this day that this word will change us from the inside out. This is the foundation of our faith. In what we believe in. Lord God, this is your love story for us. Lord, we pray that that as we look at our core values, that we start here because this is the foundation. This is the foundation upon which all of the other values will be built upon. We commit ourselves to Scripture and what it says and applying it to our lives.